All right. Let me start. Welcome no, to Dumpstat. No. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome We're to- record, re-recording this because, you know, Mr. Young Technological Guy, didn't you go to school for some of this shit? Uh, only a minor. Only a minor. You know, like when you go to, like, something's broken. Your computer's not working. And you go and you look up, uh, like, troubleshooting. First thing it says, is computer on? Is computer plugged in? Well, didn't check that. <laughs> Hey, I did tweet that I missed step one and step two of podcasting. Yes. So Stephen forgot to turn his mic on. So And it was a fantastic conversation uh, that we really did about the artificer. <laughs> but I was going to open this up a little bit differently, a little bit nicer <laughs> to me. Nope. I, I was going to be like, hey, Chris, it, it feels nope. like I just saw you yesterday. And- <laughs> okay. You can, you can, th- this is my intro okay. and we'll put a sound break in and then we can have Stephen do his. Own. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, uh, the, the, <laughs> Yes. Okay. Welcome back to another episode of the Dumpstat Adventures, the No Wait Here, the podcast. I am Steven. That's Chris. Chris, I feel like I just saw you yesterday. You did. Oh, uh, well, for those that uh, aren't aware, <laughs> I accidentally had my mic turned off last last time we recorded uh, for like half of it. Um, so we're going to re-record our discussion about the Artificer, and hopefully we hit all on all the important parts that we hit uh, last time. Or we're just going to mock it some more. Who knows? So if I just start laughing in the middle of something that doesn't seem funny, it's just because I'm thinking about yesterday. So, yeah. just yeah. Everyone. And then after we rehash our discussion on the Artificer, we'll uh, cut to what we what we did properly record about overpowered items. Yes. Um, yes. So it, it'll be a lot of fun. There'll be laughter. Uh, Chris might cry from the laughter. Probably. I will get. I will not understand any of his references to old things. I'm ignoring you. Starting with the unearthed Arcana Artificer. Uh, I realize we're probably like two, three, maybe even a full month behind as to when this was released. When this was released, but hey, we're doing it now. I think it's because we had to have time to really take a look at it and get our opinions you know in line and by that i mean like panic look at it yesterday because we hadn't done our homework all right so we're going to talk about the artificer and because we did our homework we also studied the first uh edition of the artificer that they put out on our arcana about two years ago yep so we are as prepared as we're ever going to be yep or at least you are i'm always so uh starting at the very beginning we are going to uh we're mostly just going to focus on the new artificer but if there's things that we see compared to the old edition then we'll throw that in there as well just uh you know a little bit of extra for you guys yep because because we're like that caring loving soft ew like us please please like us (laughs) if you don't after that last comment don't blame me at all all right, so uh, we're going to get started with a little bit of the fluff going into it. The original Artificer from 2017, which we'll call 2017, had a little bit more flavor about adopting it into any type of campaign that you had. You didn't have to worry too much about like specific places, whereas this new one, the 2019 version, more is focused on how Artificers work inside of Eberron, which is fine. We did like in 2017 where they talked more about uh, rivalries and like that type of flavor where you're like kind of struggling to get your inventions out before someone else does so kind of a miss sad thing but they are what they are going into the quick build they of course recommend intelligence because your spell casting ability is based off of intelligence you get a bunch of bonuses for your or your items get a bunch of bonuses off of your intelligence followed by constitution and dexterity which gotta be honest constitution seems a little weird for these guys they're not really frontline fighters yeah, uh, we talked about that, and to me it just seems dexterity would be 
the just it would just say intelligence and dexterity. Yeah, I mean, nothing I, no, nothing gets a bonus off of their constitution. I mean, bes- apart from their health. I mean, it, health is always important. But. Right, but you're not a frontline fighter, like you said. I mean, yeah. it's someone that needs to, I mean, in the back. Yeah, use your cantrips. Um, <laughs> Spam that fire pulled for the first three or four levels. Yeah, eh, but okay. I mean, they, they do have a good bit of spells. Maybe there's a lot more concentration concentration spells than I realized there, but eh. mm-hmm. it's not like any of their abilities require concentration. So. Right. Bah, meh, who knows? They they do. Not uh, D8 for your health. You know, kind of standard for non-frontline fighters. Yep. And now we'll get into their proficiencies. Light, medium armor, shields. Nothing surprising there. Simple weapons, hand crossbows. Heavy crossbows uh, was a little surprising to me. Um, that seems, you know, that's a heavy martial weapon you got to have a bit of strength for uh for that type thing i mean thinking realistically not fantas fantastically fantastically i don't know fantastic heavy crossbows just seems like a weird choice for me but we good at english yeah yeah <laughs> uh, they second. did put the optional rule for firearm proficiency though yeah, um, yeah you know get get some love there yeah all right tools you want to touch base on how silly the whole tool thing is here you just talked about armor. Stop! Stop focusing on something else. Oh, I sorry. I was I was looking at the crossbows and realized they didn't specify light crossbows, but they do when they say simple weapon. So that's interesting. Yeah. So light crossbow is a simple weapon. So of course they have proficiency with it. There you go. It's just hand crossbows are apparently martial weapons. Oh, good to know. Didn't know that. Yeah. All right. So tools. Thieves tools. Tinkers tools. One type of artisan tools of your choice. Uh, thieves tools. I I can kind of see. You know, you you have like little lock picks. You got like small tools for. Working inside of cracks, it's no. It it feels a bit of a stretch. Yes, I get totally get tinker tools. I totally yes. get artisan tools. Thieves tools. Yeah, and and we had a pretty good discussion about this uh, when we correctly <laughs> recorded the podcast uh, yesterday. Yeah, but uh, we were talking about the tinker and like a tinker used to be someone way back when that would travel from village to village repairing metal utensils. So it's very interesting, the idea of what a tinker is. In my mind, at least, it's like someone that tinkering around the workshop, building these weird experiments where, in actuality, they were people that fixed metal hardware, uh, metal utensils. Yeah, but if you think about it and the evolution, possibly, of it, I mean, they're yeah. doing kind of like that. Yeah, I guess. It's part of what they do. Well, I mean, in Xanathars, it kind of, it, it, it more seems like the old-fashioned type of tinker where they yeah. fix metal silverware not not the person that creates like these fantastic things speaking of just so you guys know soon i will release my tinkerer's tool on the gm is always right blog Mm -hmm. you guys should check that out when in a couple when i get that out there uh yes i agree and we'll build that should be rolled then rolled into uh downtime days with things you can do with it no no no. i think that's a great idea so uh (laughs) since i don't have to do it it's a fantastic idea yes some some of us actually do stuff around the blog chris Yep. Yep. So, uh, going on, saving throws, constitution, intelligence, no big surprise there. Uh, your skills are Kana, history, investigation, medicine, nature, perception, sleight of hand. Uh, it kind of all makes sense. Medicine, though, medicine bothers me. Uh, and, that, and that's the one thing that bothers me in both versions of the Artificer is their ability of understanding the body and, like, healing it. To me, like... Yeah, no, I agree with that. When I think of a tinkerer, I'm not thinking of someone that's, like, studying the body. I'm, I'm thinking of someone that's, like, more mechanically inclined and less, like, ooh, how do the organs work? If I stab him in the liver, how does he feel after that? <laughs> yeah, but there's not really a skill. I mean, I guess Arcana would fall under what a tinkerer would focus on? Uh, even Arcana is more of, like, the study of magic, which I can understand. 
Well, it's just medicine doesn't make any sense. Well, it it kind of makes sense. You know, they're interested in how things are. Right. It, it still bugs me a little bit, but that hasn't really changed from the old artificer. So we're we're gonna keep moving right along. Mm-hmm. Brings us over to their equipment, which is the same as before. Yep. We have you know a couple of simple weapons. We have like crossbow, either studded leather or scale mail, and then these tools and dungeon pack. Though, which is interesting, you have proficiency in three tools, but you only have one tool starting out. Yeah, and again, it being thieves' tools just doesn't feel right to me. Yeah, I, at least you should like start out with like tinker's tools, really. Yeah, but meh, whatever. Meh. <laughs> That's what we say to this. Meh. meh. I mean, there, the, it, and I think that kind of sums up my feelings for the class in general. Meh. I mean. There's good things about it. There's bad things about it. It just doesn't... There's something off about the whole thing, and I can't quite put my finger on it. Maybe we'll by the end. And I think that's, like, the, been the main complaint about this class. It's, like, something just doesn't feel yeah. artificer. Yes. And, I mean, maybe we're just chasing a pipe. I mean, you, you weren't around for 4E, so you don't understand the love for the artificer. I wasn't around for 4E, so I I don't understand it either. Well, yeah. I'm just I'm just here living in this world. Where um, I want the artificer, and I don't know why. <laughs> Well, and move down the road here, we'll be doing a, a rewind on classes that are no longer here, and most of them are in 4E. Why do you talk about future projects? That means we have to do it. Future projects? Future projects. That's, um, that's exactly what I said. Well, you know, for somebody Fruit that... bearing future, future projects. Yeah. Okay. Have, yeah, there you go. Have a drink. You know, oh, uh, well, I don't know, considering, as you stated before, I don't do anything for the blog, so. Exactly. I'll just this put the onus on you. To do. Exactly. All right, so now that we've insulted each other a little bit, I know you guys would miss it if we didn't. Uh, Magical tinkering. Yeah, and, like, directly below that is the artificer, uh, like, level list chart level thingy, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, where they list out all the levels and what you get for each one. Interestingly enough, it looks like they are a half caster because they get cantrips and they get to fifth level spell slots at starting at 17th level. So yeah, they're, they have some decent spell slots there. I find it interesting that you get at first level for the class, you get two cantrips, you get two spell slot, first level spell slots, but you get no infusions and no infused items, even though that's well, the yeah, that's whole... a second level ability. I know, but don't you think it should be flipped around? Nah. Get spells at starting at second level and get your... Yes, but that's not how a half-caster works. Thank okay. you very much. Well, you know, so I guess... Then they you'd... would be a... <laughs> so... then, then they wouldn't get spellcasting until, like, third level. They'd be, like, arcane... Or eldritch knights or uh, uh, arcane tricksters. And then they wouldn't even get cantrips, and they would have uh, only, I think, up to fourth-level spells. Great. So, at first level, you can... Make a very, very tiny light. You can make a light bulb. Uh, a night light. A light bulb. You can make a night light. You can get two tin cans and put a string on them and talk to somebody. Not really. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pre-recorded message. Yeah. You can get a wave machine in case you have problems sleeping at night. Hey. I'm looking at and... Actually, I use one. It's very nice. Uh, whenever I forget to turn it on, it's like eerily quiet in the apartment. Yeah, I use earplugs because my wife's not. My wife does both. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so basically, at first level, you're standing 30 feet away and spamming fireball. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it, it, well, I mean, you get you get your spells, so that means you can... We'll get that in a second. There's yeah. not really any good spells. You're spamming fireball. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, uh, since we are into spells, uh, there is some interesting stuff about the... Of course, you get your cantrips. You get two of them. But also... Uh, when you're casting your spells, you, instead of 
like an arcane focus, <laughs> you get to pull out your thieves' tools, wave them around a little bit, and cast spells that way. Uh, so if you have a... This can go one of two ways. Here's how I envision it. If you have that person at your table that really loves to jump up and act things out, it's going to get real fucking annoying real quick. Or... If you have that shy person and you want to get them to engage in the table and or you're kind of a spiteful DM, you require them <laughs> to show you what they're going to do, yeah. you know, a la Skyrim where you have to make the designs and yeah, that that can go either way. And that's, I think it's humorous for them. That, that's a penalty you get for taking <laughs> the class. Well, and, and I'll take a moment now uh, and say that the old artificer didn't get spell casting until third level. So that's kind of more of your idea yeah. of um, waiting until you get that magic. But then they, they were very limited in how many spells they got. They were sad, but not because they took more of the uh, Eldritch Knight arcane trickster progression towards spells. Yeah. yeah. And this is more spell heavy. Fine. We need more intelligence casters, I suppose. So you wave your thieves tools around. Correct. Yes. They have to be your arcane focus. You can't use anything else. So starting... And you must be proficient with the tool. So you can't just pick up like a, a shovel and be like, here's my tool focus. All right. But yeah, starting at second level, you can infuse an item. Yeah. Well, yeah. Bearing one of your infuses. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, well first, let's kind of talk a little bit more about their spells they get. My, my, my biggest gripe with this is that they get a lot of divine magic, like spare the dying, cure wounds, less restoration, that type stuff. Mm-hmm. To, to to me, like that feels very off for this character. It does. You know, they're they're more focused on mechanical natures. As far as like the flavor that I think of when I think of an artificer, someone that's more focused on mechanical and less so on like, less the human body, more the why does that have to be human? Less the humanoid body. Can it be a cobalt body? Humanoid body will work as. Um, <laughs> as we as as Stephen sits here, well, he has me sitting here looking at. Uh, we just posted our cobalt. Uh, Deep dive. Deep dive today, which will have been a week ago when this comes out. And as me sitting here looking at Google Analytics to watch how many people are, he's very proud of it and uh, loves the kobolds. Kobolds so. are the best. But yeah, getting back to their spells. And we kind of talked about this in the pre-recording leading up to the recording from yesterday. The practice run. Yeah. Uh, cure wounds, I feel like, should be something that really only works on constructs yes. and not humans. And I wish that they would add something in there for like those divine healing magics where it only works on constructs. Because typically those don't work on constructs. And so that would be like a nice little flavor thing for them. I was listening to a, a, a podcast when I was prepping for this that talked about the Artificer. And, and I think they brought up a good point. And the more I look into it, the more I agree with them. It's like they took a whole bunch of stuff. They had a good idea. And then they just grabbed all this other random stuff and threw it in a bag, shook it up, and dumped it out and see how it worked out. Because it's, you know, they're giving them, they're making them, they have more of an attack focus now with some of their cantrips. Mm-hmm. They are a, a secondary healer almost, a, a, yeah. a third tier healer. They're definitely they're, they're definitely going to be a cantrip spammer. They whereas, have a lot of buffs. Yeah. Uh, in their previous incarnation, 2017, they didn't have cantrips. All they had was first through fourth level spells, and they didn't have any attack spells. They were all buffs and things like that. Right. And it was more focused on them dealing the damage either by throwing potions or using their boomstick to do sneak attack. Improved sneak attack damage, because they didn't need to ban it. We'll, we'll get to that. Yep. Uh, so, nothing really crazy about their spells. Uh, there's a couple that work very well, like Grease. That I think that's a very interesting spell for them to have. You know, mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense. They're grease balls, grease monkeys. Yep. Who knows? Uh, a lot of buffs. 
things like that. Nothing too crazy. And we drop down to their second level abilities, which is infuse items. Uh, this allows them to learn different infusions, basically magical abilities that they can impart onto objects. Right. Uh, they get to learn three of them at second level, and this can be anything from uh, like the mini pouches where they uh, <laughs> you have like you two like to that. five pouches all connected to each other. So it's the size of a pouch, which is you know according to like a giant it might be you know a couple of feet by a couple of feet, whereas regular humanoid it might be a couple of inches by a couple of inches. Who knows? Pouches. Well, they don't really define what a pouch. Is. Well, what I liked about this is it operates within a hundred miles of another one of the pouches. Yeah. So if you have a home base, you could just be a pouch hoarder and have them all hanging out in your, your room as long as you're within a hundred feet, hundred yeah. miles. Actually, that's an interesting idea I just had. Could you like relay them? Uh, do they all have to be? <laughs> so <laughs> as long as the pouch operates no, uh, of another, another one, one of the pouches. So you can have relays. <laughs> so you could just, you could use the so, sending spell and be like, hey, I forgot my potion. Can you just drop it in this pouch? And then you have your pouches like littered every 100 miles all the way to you. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> I like that. Oh, that's fantastic. Great. That's kind of fun. Uh, you also get things like you can increase your defense, which isn't that great. You can increase your weapon attack, which... Ooh. Uh, one of the interesting uh, infusions is Boots of the Winding Path. Basically, you can teleport up to 15 feet as a bonus action to an unoccupied space that you can see... But the catcher is you must have occupied that space at some point during that current. So you're you're basically uh, what's tracer. Her, that's it. That's her face name. Yep. There's two things in here. I think that they some one of these one of the people that was writing this was playing a shitload of Overwatch. It was like Trace is one of my favorite characters, and Torborg is my other one. And we'll get into why in a, in a little bit here. So you got some cool infusions. Nothing too crazy. You can also start creating a couple of magic items. Their 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 options are pretty mundane you know you get bag of holding cap of water breathing goggles of night nothing too crazy and this kind of also happened in the old artificer where you could create certain items or it was assumed you created these items the they they were kind of more mandatory that like at this level you created an item you have to choose from this list whereas these guys are like "Eh, you can create an item if you want to so that's kind of nice nothing's really changed about the magic items except they have different uh brackets as to when you can create them the new version is they have whenever, whatever level you are, they have items like behind a 12th level artificer and then a 16th level artificer. Whereas the old artificer was more, had a couple more breakdowns where it was 2nd, 5th, 10th, 15th, and 20th level. Um, it's still interesting to me what gets locked behind uh, what level. Ring of Free Action is a 16th level artificer magic item. It, it seems a little high. But, it does. You know, whatever. Uh, Ring of Protection, also 16th level. I mean, eh. Mm. I mean, isn't that one of like the first magic items people mostly find is a Ring of Protection? Usually, yeah. I mean, uh, it's it, you, you throw your uh, spellcasters a bone. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, you're so weak. Here's a little ring to protect yeah, you. And then your fighter grabs it. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, I didn't need the Paladin to have 25 AC. Yeah, no sh- <laughs> The other ones I, I can kind of understand, though. Gauntlets of Ogre Power, 19 strength you can't unlock until 12th level. I I get that. Yeah, I, I, I can kind of feel that. But even 12th level seems a little high up. But I know I, I can understand why they wouldn't let you do it at second level. But still, maybe they should have had another 
uh, level where you could unlock the, one more tier. Yeah, I, th- I think one more tier would have really helped uh, this item list out. But okay, yeah, I can get behind that. All right, uh, moving on, we are going to jump over to uh, the Artificer Specialist. So now you can either be an alchemist or an artillerist. Wave. Uh, it looks like they kept the alchemy portion of the Artificer, which is still my least favorite portion out of both versions of the Artificer. Why? Uh, <laughs> I. It rubs I you wrong. I mean, don't like it... potion. Like, ooh, look, I'm going to make some magic juice. It's like, no, no, you're a fucking artificer. Go and build me a robot. <laughs> that's don't... what I think of when I think of an artificer. Like someone that's building things. And a, a alchemist, I feel like, should be its own class. I think there's too much for the alchemists, and they should be their own class. I can if, get behind that. If that... we're going to do that. I expect to see that homebrew. Uh... No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like alchemy. Fine, I'll make it, and then you can just rip it apart and make fun of me. I'll never allow it. Can't bring it to my table. I didn't say I'd bring it to the table. I will bring it to the table. But the old <laughs> artificer, uh, they could also do alchemist. Woo. Uh, but they also got the thunder cannon subclass, <laughs> which we dubbed the boomstick. boomstick. Yeah, yeah. I I miss Evil you missed the boomstick. Yeah, you <laughs> ash. Oh god, that was yeah. a good movie. Well, the second movie was a good movie. The, the first sec- one was... Uh. The first one started off like it was going to be a horror movie and then just devolved into... Something. Yeah, like a comedy routine. Yeah. And I'll be honest, the second one isn't even that good either. It's just... Ash vs. the Evil Dead, the TV show, is interesting at I least. I haven't seen it yet. It's all right. I mean, it's... It- it is what it is. It's a half an hour of goofy sci-fi humor. It is campy horror. Oh hell yeah! Uh-huh. Um, you know, up there with uh, like Tail and yeah, Dale I and really Tucker defeat like, evil. Uh, Cabin in the Woods as like campy oh, horror. What a fucking great movie! Though I did like Tucker and Dale. That 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 was amusing. But I've only like been able to make myself watch it once, like that one. Did you see the movies with Mikey review on Cabin in the Woods? I have not, but uh, I had a link, and so I might watch it when I link yeah. It. It's a it's a video YouTube video. Movies with Mikey is awesome, by the way. That that's my my plug. Is he for... giving us money? No. Then um, no, stop. No, but uh, watch that for Cabin in the Woods. It's fantastic. Man. Okay. It it really breaks it down to a point where I'm like most of us do. You're like, holy shit. You I should watch it that. after the podcast. Yes, listen to the podcast. Yeah. Don't leave yet. <laughs> so uh, I kind of missed the boomstick, but it was a very overpowered type thing where it, basically you just had a gun and then you just put on auto sneak attack damage every time you shot it, and it. It was mm-hmm. ridiculous because at uh, like 19th level, you're doing 21d6 on a hit. And <laughs> yeah. Which I know people like to roll dice, but every turn you got to roll 21d6. I think people are just going to get sick of that and just use a dice roller. And then that kind of defeats the purpose of rolling a bunch of dice. Yeah, that was kind of the issue with the old one, too. It was just like, I'm a better rogue than you. Yeah, I'm a better rogue. Hey, I'm a gunslinger. Hey, I'm a beastmaster. There were a lot of things that they just took from other classes and made it better for this poor fucker. Yeah, Yeah, that was weird. After you pick out your subclass, you also get tool expertise, so you can double the proficiency of any tool that you so choose, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Ability and score improvement, nothing crazy there. Homunculus. Fifth level. No, we got to start at fifth level, I don't want to start at fifth level. Why don't we start at third level for the, uh, the specialist alchemist. You're we'll skipping around. You're skipping around. We're getting. You're skipping around. Shut up. Look at me. I, I am the. You said now. shut up. I stopped. <laughs> so fine. At fifth level, we'll get to the subclasses in a moment. You just started talking about the subclasses. We just spent five minutes talking about the alchemist. Anyway, go ahead. This? Why did I? What choices did I make in life to get me mm, poor ones? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all 
Alright, so at 5th level, you can attack twice rather than once, so you have extra attack. Except, one of your attacks has to be made with a magic weapon. Which, which, which is very interesting to me. Because I'm trying to think, in what situations do you make an attack with a non-magical weapon and then with a magic weapon? I don't know. I, I, I couldn't think of any off the top of my head, so it seemed very weird. But I guess what they're trying to do is they're trying to uh, keep your extra attack locked behind getting a magical weapon. And as one of your infusions, yeah, uh, you can make a weapon into a magical weapon permanently until you cast infusions that goes away. Or you can cast a uh, personal spell slot to make an arcane enchantment, which makes it a magical weapon for one hour or until you lose concentration. Right, and plus you get two second level spell slots starting at fifth level, and you have magic weapon as a spell too. So there's trying to create some sort of synergy between like some you of your abilities. Ex- yeah, but doesn't feel right it just seems weird to me okay like it it's like you're trying to stop them from dealing damage unless they power up their weapons to deal more damage yeah exactly i i I don't get it but it's it is what it is Uh, i think they could just put extra attack and everything would have been fine I, i i don't see why specifying it has to be a magical weapon uh to do it i know they put the magic of which you use to propel the attack so like they're saying like you can't normally do it but because you're using magic, yeah. you're now so you much can. more badass. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, eh, I'm going to say that a lot, just so you guys know. Meh. All right, so now we jump over to the right cantrip for the job, which is a horrible ability name. But <laughs> That's really not good. At 10th level, you gain the ability uh, to make sure you have the right magical tool for a job. And on a short or a long rest, you can replace a cantrip that you know from another artificer cantrip. Which, I mean, that's kind of neat. At 10th level, you only have... At fifth level, or sorry, at tenth. tenth level, you have three cantrips that you know, and you only get up to four cantrips that you can learn. So that's kind of fine. I eh. yeah, <laughs> Meh. yeah. And now, since Back we are to- at tenth level for the 2019 artificer, let's step back in time and step back in level to the sixth level 2017 artificer, where you get a beast construct. Oh boy, here we go. I'm 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 not gonna talk too much about this to uh, yes he will not confuse you guys too much but basically yes he will you become a super strong beast master ranger <laughs> the poor ranger doesn't get any love here's one more fuck you towards the ranger class yes yeah, that old mechanical servant ability at six level is just it's crazy it, it you have a large beast challenge rating of two or less which means you can have an allosaurus which means you have a dinosaur it's considered a construct it can't be charmed immune to poison and the poison condition dark vision it understands your language it has like a stripped down sentinel feet where if someone hits you with a melee attack and your servants within five feet of the attacker you can have them smack the crap out of them for hitting you like it's like it's yeah. pretty fucking great. There is a reason they don't include it into the new artifice, yes. which is <laughs> probably a good reason. Totally overpowered. Yeah, it, it makes no sense, really. I, nope. It's it's fine. It mainly makes no sense because it can be a dinosaur. Moving on. <laughs> the next ability, uh, the main artificer ability you get will be at 18th level, where you can store a spell into an object for repeated use. Whenever you finish a long rest... You touch a simple or martial weapon or an item that you can use as a spell casting focus. Like your uh, thieves tools, you can use them to cast spells. And you can store a spell in it, choosing one first or second level spell from your list. That requires one action to cast, which is pretty cool. And then it specifies a creature, so that means anyone. You could just pass off your thieves tools to someone else, and then that creature can take an action to produce that spell's effect. Pretty nice. Uh, you can just throw like cure wounds into there, and, and you'll be good to go. 
Uh, and you can do this a number of times equal to your uh, spellcasting ability modifier. So if you're a very smart artificer, you could have like a second level cure wounds in there five times and they can just spam the shit out of that. Yeah, which pretty, you know, it's pretty nice. Uh, no, no, sorry. A number of times equal to twice your intelligence modifier. So ten times. Yep. So basically you get ten free spells of first or second. Yep. Every long rest. So no longer a secondary spellcaster. <laughs> and... You know, I, I think they didn't need to put twice your intelligence modifier. I I, I could see if it was just your, your intelligence modifier. Yeah, yeah, that that makes it a little bit less crazy. But when you're looking at anywhere from two to ten, yeah, that's a more lot. likely like eight to ten. Then that's that seems a bit. It's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. I don't know. To be fair though, all their spells are buffs. None of them are really going to cause damage except like heat metal. Yeah, but I mean, think about it from that standpoint. I mean, you have ten, like you said, cure wounds is pretty fucking sweet yeah. and you can also i mean you're not going to be up on the front line you just buff the hell out of the rest of your party and that's pretty good yeah well i guess well it doesn't make any mention that you cast a spell so if you did cure wounds it would only be a first level version of cure wounds still not a second level good. not bad though yeah. and it doesn't cost you any spells to cast it right it's cool i like it i think it's a little strong i agree I think it should be restricted first level, and it can only be a number of times equal to your intelligence modifier. But I haven't played one, so, you know, this is just all theory on my part. I can see it being abused, though. Uh, I agree. And abused, I mean, like, they follow the rules as written. <laughs> okay. Uh, jumping over to their last main artificer ability at 20th level, you have an understanding of magic items. You can attune up to six magic items at once, uh, which is a little weird. In the original Artificer, you slowly got to attune to more and more items as you leveled up. Mm -hmm. Whereas this one, you go straight from you can only attune to three, you can now attune to six. Yeah. It, 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 that feels a little weird. If I was going to have someone, uh, an Artificer uh, that was uh, in my group that was using this UA, I would have it so that they gained attunement items slowly across I the levels. Instead of just like immediately you just woke up and be like, hey. I got three more items I can attune to. Yeah, and especially at 20th level. I mean, yeah. how many campaigns actually get the 20th level? I mean, most of the people that I've talked to, a lot of times it ends at like 12, 13, you know? So it, it's... Yeah, I would have probably at like, I don't know. Uh, well, actually, let's look at look what at the, the old Eiderfeister yeah. did. They gave it at 5th level. Uh, you could tune up to 4. At 15 level, 5. And then at 20th, you could tune to 6. And if I remember correctly, we said that there might have been maybe another tier in there also. Something like ninth level, we might have added something different. You know, it just, just seems like 5 to 15 is a huge gap. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is a bit of a gap. I think it needs a little bit more reworking. I agree. That, that's not all you get at 12. Uh, 20th level, you also get a plus one bonus to all saving throws per magic item you currently are attuned to. <laughs> so, plus six. Yes, plus six. Uh, I mean, then you would just attune to an item just to get that plus one, whether you needed it or not. Hell yeah. But, and I thought this was a little bit, a little bit strong, but I guess for like a, you know, your 20th level, you're going to be pretty strong. A barbarian gets 24 con and strength, so I, I don't know. I mean, let's look at like constitution. That's a very common mm -hmm. saving throw. That's your second ability that they say that you should uh, put your points into. So let's say we only have that at like 18. So that's plus four. And then their proficiency is plus six. So that's 10. And then they have tuned to six items. So that's plus 16 on their saving throws. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to think, how am I supposed to hurt them at that point? Psychic damage. Uh, uh, no, you can't. They are proficient in intelligence. And they're going to put plus five there. So that's even 17 on their intelligence saving throw. A horde of 400 kobolds. Yes, kobolds. <laughs> kobolds will save the day. 
Oh, oh right. You mean, you mean the, the distant, weaker cousins of the goblin? Okay. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Artificer Specialist. So, the Artificer Subclasses. We're finally here. Chris has been bugging me to talk about ever since we got to level three. Yep. Uh, we'll start with the Alchemist, who is the most boring of them all. We already covered that. Oh, sorry. Uh-huh. So we can talk about what you want, but not what I want. Homunculus. All right. So you start out gaining the... Don't give spurs. Homunculus. Creepy. Do that. Uh, so you gain proficiency with alchemist supplies and the herbalism kit, assuming you don't already have them. You also gain a free alchemist supplies and herbalism kit for free. Is it just magically appear out of thin air? Well, no. They, they say that as a result of your tinkering, you, you've probably got it. Okay. Meh. Meh. Or they disappear. Who knows? Uh, so, uh, you get a variety of things. You get a couple of access to the alchemist spell. So basically, like, purified food and drink. Um, you can create food and water. Yeah. Some of them look a little weird, like Death Ward. Like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. Alchemical homunculuses. Homunculus. You get this at third level. Basically, you are creating a special homunculus that is formed by alchemical substances. So do you feel better about creating this instead of getting a CR2 monster? Creature? I do, because it's not a dinosaur. I'm sure that someone will make it look like a fucking dinosaur. I would like mine to look like a baby claw-toothed raptor wings. Of course you would. All right, so whenever you finish a long rest and your alchemist supplies are with you, uh, you can form a homunculus in an unoccupied space. If you already have a homunculus, the first one immediately (laughs) dies. just falls over. (laughs) You know what? You did a horrible job yesterday. (laughs) Fuck you. New one. (laughs) as it's screeching in pain as it dies so, and no one forms from it so yeah so does it form from it or does it just fall over dead the new one appears and just looks the over the other one forms by alchemical substances from your al- alchemist supply okay so the other one just falls over dead the new one appears and looks over it's like oh shit i better not mess up <laughs> yeah, yeah this, this guy's a dick <laughs> this guy's mean <laughs> Alright, so uh, it's friendly to you, it obeys uh, your commands, and it has its own stat block, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, One of the things they fixed from th- on this from the earlier edition was healing it, because there was no real... Def- there didn't give an explanation on how to heal your construct yeah. in the 2017 version. This cl- st- clearly states, mending spells cast on it. 2d6 hit points back. So the mending is basically the constructs cure, cure wounds. Yeah. yeah okay. 2d6. I mean, that's. that's I like that clarification. Decent. Oh. That, that's basically, actually, if you have like a plus four and you. Because um, 2d6 is between 2 and 12. So if you're like a plus four and you cast cure wounds, that's, uh, you know, that's between a five and a, uh, a 12. So that it works out as a healing spell, though it doesn't cost you any spell levels to cast. Mending. Right. But I mean, think about it. If you're. So after every combat, you're like, come here, buddy. You're third level. You so you're third level. Say by third level you have what do you want to say? Maybe a seventeen intelligence, sixteen intelligence. Uh, I'm very smart, so I have at least whatever numbers higher than sixteen. You're third level. (laughs) Alright, let's just even max it out. You're eighteen. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, that's not max. But shut up. So it sure as fuck should be at third level. But hey, so you're eighteen. You get plus four. Okay. So your your hit points are five times your level, so you have 15 hit points plus... The alchemical homunculus's hit points is five times your right, level. Right, right. Not yours. Um, so 15 plus four is 19 hit points. Yeah. That's 19. not bad. And then, so he walks in there, gets For the shit kicked out of him. a mofo with 13 natural armor. Yeah. So he gets the shit kicked out of him, but you cast mending on it, that's... Yeah, he's better. Yeah. 
It's not horrible. He got better. <laughs> and if he's smart and it's in battle, he's running the fuck away. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then uh, it does have a clause. If it has died within the last hour, you can use your alchemist supplies as an action to revive it, provided you are within five feet of its corpse, mm-hmm. and you expend a spell slot. It returns to life with all of its hit points. So that, that, that's kind of a tax on you, you know. Like, if you send it into dangerous situations, it's going to get... You're, you're going to have to expend some slots. Oh, well, it's on, on you. Yeah. Uh, nothing too exciting about it. It does have a whole foreign strength, so, you know, it's going to help you with all those fights. It's immune to acid and poison, which kind of makes sense. Interestingly enough, just to take a step back here, when they were describing uh, what it looked like, you can basically determine the homunculus's appearance, which includes wings and a bit of alchemical... Uh, so, some like a mechanical-looking bird, others want a winged vial, or miniature floating cauldron. That's kind of neat, you know? Uh, when, I, when I was thinking of homunculus, I was thinking about the cute little critter in the monster manual, with, like that weird... Yeah, like the uh, gargoyle looking kind of thing. Yeah, with like weird paws. Is that the one with the bug eyes? Maybe. I don't, really I don't know. know. They're they're cute. I like them. Yeah, but so it gives you. I mean, it's a flavor thing. You can make it look like whatever the fuck you want. Some creepy ass spider. Why is some? Why do people in our current campaign always have something to do with a creepy ass spider? Don't you think they should? As a common courtesy, ask if anyone's afraid of spiders. Are you afraid of spiders, Chris? No, but it's kind of creepy. I mean, one, one <laughs> it just of, makes me uncomfortable. It's the, same, <laughs> it's the same person, actually. Now that I think about it, because last time their their mount was a creepy ass spider. Oh, yeah, they were weird. Uh, it's a Kruthric. It is not a spider. It only has four legs, I think. Fucking spider. You're it up. looking it up. I know. Anyways, I'll continue then. Yeah, four legs. So... Suck it. Oh, no, that's a spider. So your homunculus, I think I like it. And he gets some pretty good abilities. Might of the Master. Yeah. Uh, not bad. Not great. Well, your uh, your skill bonuses and the, your bonuses to hit and damage of its acidic spittle mm-hmm. uh, increase by one for every proficiency bonus increase that you have so it it basically just follows your same progression so if you have a a plus three to hit it's gonna get an extra one to its hits and to its damage or no yeah and to its damage damage. so it it which goes against dnd design but whatever yeah so it it well all its actions require your bonus actions so now your bonus actions are getting kind of taxed yeah, yeah, you're you're gonna have a uh, a lot of choices for your bonus right. action, which is kind of nice, as yeah. most people stall the game out trying to figure out what they can do on their bonus action when the answer is you can't do anything. With it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, so it has and it has an attack ability. Yeah, thirty feet's a pretty damn good range. Yeah, you know? well, it, it, if you want staying away, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, uh, but it's only one d six plus two at third. So yeah, but still, and a plus four to hit. It's nice to do a little bit of damage on your bonus action. Mm-hmm. I mean, what more could you want? But it's not just a damage-dealing monster. No, it's a buff monster also. Yeah, uh, it has three per day. Uh, It can do an alchemical salve. And it's not three for each. It's just you can do one of these items three times per day. And you don't have to decide which item you want to use three times per day. You can mix and match. Yeah. But you have three options. Buoyancy, uh, which gives you a flying speed of 10 feet for 10 minutes. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) great. We're both so impressed with that. Uh, inspiration. Uh, you can uh, give a target uh, advantage on ability checks uh, in the next hour a number of times equal to your intelligence modifier, which is kind of neat. You know, your inspiration. I mean, yeah. it's always nice, especially if you are uh, if your DM is a fan of like skill challenges or something where you know they're going to be rolling a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then the last one is resilience. Uh, the target gains a number good. of temporary hit points, 2d6 plus intelligence modifier, which is pretty nice. Especially if like someone's looking real bad, they're up in the front lines, you know, they're third level, so they're really squishy. And you're just like, you know what? Let me just have my weird bird-like cauldron come over there, <laughs> spill itself all over your flesh, and give you nice temporary yeah. HP. But think about it. 2d6 plus your and modifier yeah, at third level. Yeah, it could be like 16, 17 points and yeah. at max. So, I mean, that's... Yeah, but still, that's, that's three nice. quarters of your... That's over half of a fighter's max hit points. Well, no, really. That's close. 30 plus, well, plus four, so that'd be 42. Yeah, so you're... Like almost half. Yeah. That's Which not bad. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a great little boost. <laughs> if you throw that onto a raging barbarian, that's even better. Yeah, you throw it onto a poor gnome wizard that's got popped. I mean, that They'll is appreciate half. that. Yeah, <laughs> that's like double. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor wizards and sorcerers with their d sixes. <laughs> At sixth level, your command of magical chemicals has become masterful. Ooh. Basically, now when you cast a spell using your your alchemist supplies or spell casting focus, because remember, you can use your thieves tools to do all this. Uh, you can gain a bonus to one roll of this spell. So that now that is specific towards the roll must restore hit points or be a damage roll mm-hmm. that deals acid or poison damage. So you can't just be like firebolt. I'm going to deal more damage. <laughs> the bonus equals your intelligence modifier, which you know you get a small little bonus. That's 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 nice. It allows you to do a little bit more damage. Here's and here. this is yeah meh. This is the interesting thing, though, because it, it's this at 6th, and then the next one, Chemical Savant, at 14th. You get lesser restoration without expending a spell slot here, and then and we'll roll into Chemical Savant. But at that point, you get to cast greater restoration without a spell slot. Once, yeah. Why? Uh, Why? Was I don't it, know. Was it a throw-in? It feels like a throw-in. alchemy, I can understand with like healing magics, but still, even that, I'm like, ah. You do poison and acid. You're not a fucking yeah, healer. Yeah. That's what you got a cleric for. Yeah, you're in case you slip and roll a nat one and splatter it all over your party member. I don't know. It's weird. I just think it's a throw in. Yeah, I'm not a huge like. Yeah, I guess they probably looked at them like, but is it a no? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh. So yeah, going by okay. uh to fourth level or fourteenth level. Sorry, you gain resistance to acid damage and poison damage and you can no longer be poisoned which that that's, that's pretty nice. nice yeah i i, I don't like being poisoned <laughs> i've tried <when laughs> that's my least favorite yeah. thing <laughs> all right uh so that's all for the alchemist you know that neat okay. again it's alchemy i don't give a crap arterialist <clears throat> artillerist actually before we get into the artillerist we'll just say previous artificer their alchemical mumbo jumbo was more focused on uh more like it, it felt more like cantrips because you didn't have cantrips yes then. i agree and so it was like you have a fiery alchemist fire you can throw it for this amount of damage and then that damage increases every couple levels yep. it didn't increase on the normal cantrip progression it actually got a little bit stronger than cantrips but it still felt like what they wanted it to be was a cantrip and now they kind of fix that problem by giving cantrips so i get that it. but i will say as an alchemist you are literally a cantrip thrower the entire time. Like, yeah, no, you are. Yeah, yeah. Like, cool. You have a homunculus, but that's all you're doing. <laughs> cantrips, cantrips, and bonus action homunculus. Yeah, uh, and then whatever magic items that the GM gives you, like, yeah, cool. You're casting <laughs> cantrips, dude. Meh. Yeah, and I mean, to be fair, warlocks are cantrip casters. I like warlocks; they're one of my favorite classes. But this is just, mm, yeah, yeah, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. Okay. So now we're getting back to the artillerist or in the old artificer, the uh, thunder cannon, which, as we all know, the proper name is Boomstick. Boomstick. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. 
See this? This is my boomstick! <laughs> Alright, so, Artillerist. You gain proficiency in smith and woodcarver's tool, which is, you know, neat, neat, meh, meh. Though, it, it is interesting, when you get to third level, you you also gain a non-magical wooden wand for free, which you've carved in your spare time. So I just imagine, uh, the <laughs> first level, you walk up to a tree and like, this will be my wand. Yeah. Someone cuts it down for you, and then you're just dragging this guy around just to make like a little foot-long wand. I have a stick. Yeah. I'm a wizard. Yeah. Yes, you're a wizard with your <laughs> stupid wand. That's not a wand. Yeah, it's so, a stick. I, I do find it fun. They say non-magical wooden wand. For me, I feel like wands are distinctly magical. Yeah, the, isn't that the otherwise point it's just of a, a stick? And it I, sounds, but I how, know in fifth edition, wands don't detect as magic. But. Yeah, but how silly would it look if they wrote down and you have a stick? <laughs> All right, uh, going forward, uh, the artillerist also gets access to a couple of extra spells. Shield, yeah, good. Um, shatter, yeah. I mean. That, that to me, like, makes me feel like, you know, like, you're launching mortars or something. I have a problem with fireball. Well, no, no. See, they address this issue you have with all these spells is by saying you reflavor it so it looks like you're doing it with tools instead. So, like, with shatter, basically what you're doing is, in fireball, you're lobbing uh, artillery over onto the enemy. With your stick. Yes. <laughs> your artillery <laughs> stick. <laughs> Excellent. I, I do have a problem with Ice Storm. That one seems weird. I'm not really sure how I would flavor that as me doing uh, mechanical things. But like Wall of Fire, I like that because you can like throw out like this uh, like this huge long metal line, like plumbing tool and then just have fire leaping up from that. that. That's kind of fun. You know, it's like a little gas line exploding. Yeah. Kind of cold, weird as well. Uh, yeah. Thunder Wave I can see just because it's thunder and I think lightning and electricity. So yeah, I get that. Some of the spells I get, some of them I'm like, I guess you guys just need to put two spells for each level. Like, you guys will. Yeah, I know. And now we come up on my favorite. Arcane Turret! Playing into what I said before, this is Torborg. Torborg! Um, Someone was playing a lot of Overwatch, so we have Tracer on one, and now we have Torborg, because for those of you that play Overwatch and Steven's shaking his head at me because he doesn't. I've never played Overwatch. Um, My son does competitively. (laughs) (laughs) And he's... 10 months yelling at the screen is not competitive it is uh there's do you want to admit something no i (laughs) it says something about my parenting skills let's just put it that way yeah laugh all you want till he gets a get you know (laughs) some sort of sponsorship or goes to college for free anyways you now have the ability to build a turret no, you summon a, a magical summon turret. Summon a magical turret. Unlike which has crab-like legs. Yes, they even make it more overpowered than the one in Overwatch. This one can move. Yeah. Oh, it, it, this one's fantastic. I love this. AC of eighteen. Number of hit points equal to five times your artificer level. So it, the same as the homunculus, mm-hmm. but it has eighteen AC. So it, it's not quite as uh, squishy. Right. You can cast mending on it to heal yeah. it. Also heal it. It is immune to poison, psychic, and all conditions. So that's that's cool. It can move. It has a 10 across the board for all of its abilities. It can move 15 feet. And yeah. So and it can go or climb. climb. Yes, I it can walk that. or climb. <laughs> that's fantastic. It does only last, though, for 10 minutes. Yeah, but realistically, if you're in battle for more than <laughs> 10, minutes, 10 rounds, you're fucked. Yeah. No, 10 minutes. So that would be how many rounds? Uh, that's 60 rounds. But I'm saying if you're in battle for 10 rounds, you're yeah, probably you're, screwed anyway. You're dead. Yeah. Yeah, the turret's not going to help you. You leave the turret and are dashing <laughs> as fast as you can away. Well, actually, I can imagine a situation 
where you guys are like defending the walls of a castle <laughs> and so you're just like hiding in the walls and you just have your turret up there just like shooting yes and that will go into when we get to 14th level uh, yeah. there's an, an additional plus yeah. so you get to you you have the turret yeah. and you get to summon three different types of turrets right but you can only have it be one so you can't summon a turret and use yep. one of these abilities first one is the flamethrower um so basically you have a flamethrower i mean 15 foot cone 1d8 awesome. fire damage kind of fun yeah and shit gets caught on fire yeah. always and, fun and the way these turrets work is they you they rely on your bonus action, so it's more Correct. another bonus action right. stuff. Uh, the the real the main fun about being an artificer is your bonus action. It seems like otherwise you're just casting. Yeah, uh, which I mean that works out because mending is an action. So yep. basically you're just hiding behind your cur- your turret. Your turret, casting mending, healing it, and then as a bonus action, you're like, fire! Yes, exactly. So then you have Force Ballista, 2d8 Force Damage. So now, I mean, I like the flavor because, okay, it's immune to fire. Well, fuck you then. I'm going to use Force Damage. That's 2d8 Force Damage. That's not bad. And pushed back five feet away from the turret. That's nice. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, Last one, Defender. Which I like, I really like, which is, you know, if you're going more of a support character, and I get why they did it, because it plays into one of the things that we have an issue with on, it's a heal, it heals. Yeah, so, they, it, it, well, it's a burst of positive energy mm-hmm. that grants 1d8 plus your intelligence modifier temporary hit points to creatures of your choice within 10 feet, which is nice. pretty nice. You do have to kind of get everyone, like, clumped up around the turret, and, you know, everyone must praise the turret, and then the turret will right. shoot out. Temporary so, HP. And they can do this every single round for yeah. 10 minutes. So the turret is basically the this, what do you want to call it, subclass of the homunculus. So yeah. it's a homunculus oh, yeah. called a turret, which is great. Yeah. And, and well, and what's nice, it, it lasts for 10 minutes. So after like combat and I had the defender out, I would just be like, all right, everyone has, you know, <laughs> maximum temporary hit points afterwards. Yep. Just, yeah. you know, because they can keep rolling it and you can decide which temporary hit points you want. So, yeah. Oh, that's a Logically, good... Logically, within 10 minutes, you're eventually going to hit an 8 on your D8. And right. Give everyone max temporary hit points for the next battle to come. So I didn't think of that. That's great. That's a great yeah. idea. That's nice. All right. Wand prototype. So now you have your uh, stick. Well, before we get to your stick, I will say uh, there is an action. You can use an action with your turret. You can command it to detonate, <laughs> which is fun. Uh, it, it does destroy your turret and yeah, forces so each creature within 10 feet of it to make a save, taking 3d6 force damage. So that's that's nice. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they have the idea of like you kamikazing your turret at the end of its life, killing one around. Right. No. Which is good if you get overrun by kobolds. <laughs> All right. So sixth level, you now get your non-magical wand stick. One stick. Well, you already have it, but now you get to use something with it. So whenever you finish a long rest and you have your woodcarver's tools with you, you can touch a non-magical wooden wand, turn it a magic item. So wait, so you can take your stick yeah. and make it magical. Yes. So now it's a wand. Yes. Well, it's a magic item. But you can put one artificer cantrip of your choice, and they specify it doesn't have to be one you'd know. Mm-hmm. that has a casting time of one action into this stick. Basically, your magic wand now produces the cantrip using your spellcasting ability modifier. And the wand loses its magic when you finish a long rest, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but you would think that during that long rest, you would just yeah, yeah, imbue yeah, it with it. Ideally, yeah. Right. Uh, and any damage roll you make for a cantrip in the wand gains a bonus to... Based your, on your intelligence mod. Yeah, yeah your intelligence mod. That's pretty nice. Nice. So, yeah, like they're reinforcing, like, you are a cantrip caster. Do not go into the front lines. You yeah. will not make it. And then at 14th level, you can put two cantrips in. Yeah, so that's that's pretty nice, especially since it's a cantrip you don't even have to know yourself. 
So if you only want, like, I mean, that basically gives you a free cantrip. So at 14th level, then, you have... Five cantrips? 14th, uh, let's see. Six? Six. Okay, so at 14th level, you effectively have six cantrips that you That's know. That's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, so it, it increases how many cantrips you know, which, I mean... By that self alone, it's kind of nice just going into our yeah. artillerist. And it's a cantrip, so it's not, you know, 14th level. It's, they're not super powerful, but, well, it's, uh, they help. 3d6, or 3 damage die. Yeah. Which, and then with this, it's yeah. plus your... Yeah, and then your... with your force ballista, shooting them for another 2d8, that's nice. Yeah. I do say, but my main problem with uh, cantrips is a lot of them are saves, and if they yeah, make by their that save, level. then they don't take any damage. Yeah, It's just by... like, eh, mm. meh. Unless meh. you get, uh... You take a dip into Warlock to get Eldritch Blast, because that's what everyone does. Okay. Now, playing into what you were saying before about defending your castle. 14th yeah. level, fortified position. Yes. You get... A if you're with turret. You get, if you're within 10 feet of your turret, you have half cover, and you get a second turret. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I will say, you get a second turret for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can summon um, a turret as many times as you want. But you only get one for free uh, at third level. Otherwise, you have to spend a slot of first level or higher. And then at uh, 14th level, you get to summon two of them for free. And after that, you have to keep using slots. And your bonus action activates both. Yes, and they can be different types of turrets, which is, so, I mean, that's great. So you're you're using your force Wait. ballista and Wait. your healing. Your healing one's always going to be up Wait. at that point. Your defender. Can your defender give your turret temporary hit points? No, because it remember it says that you have to use the mending spell in each. Well, it's not that's a to regain hit points. Temporary hit points are different things. Ooh, well, it oh no, it calls it a magical object. Never mind. Yeah, it says creature. I, I wanted my horse <laughs> oh ballista to have. God, you're, you're the DM power gaming. Nice. I mean, I'm imagining myself as a player and how much I would hate being <laughs> uh, being the DM for me as a player. <laughs> that oof so So now if you're the arcane turret really excites me but the rest of the artificer is just meh yeah it is meh but this is all i love these things so you can have one on top of 15 feet up a tree Mm -hmm. (laughs) another one if i were to do like a one shot where i got to be a player i would i would totally be an artificer with an arcane turret just like for the lols like, that's great. I wouldn't want to do one for, like, a long-term campaign, but, you know, if we had a couple of sessions, I would totally do an arcane. Just have your spider turrets <laughs> yeah. crawling around, and you're just fight, just popping cantrips all the time. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, I'm not so excited about using cantrips, but, uh, but I do have a couple of other buffs that I can be casting in the mm-hmm. meantime. I will say, I, I can see myself getting bored of this class after a couple of sessions and that were, like, combat-focused. Right. I can see myself getting pretty bored of it just because there isn't as many of exciting things to do. No, but has a, a lot to do as my bonus action, which is that's yeah. pretty fun. But otherwise, I'm going to be throwing out some cantrips. And then I have a couple of quality of life spells that I can cast just just for fun. Well, like, from a player standpoint, this actually is kind of cool. You know, I, I, I it, it, granted, I think that the class in general has some work to do. But this part would be the, this. This is what would excite me about it. I would definitely go this route. And yeah, to your point, you probably would get a little bored with it, but it'd be so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> it really would. You get yeah. it, it would it would allow you to just do so many goofy things. Yeah, um, and and I could see maybe uh, multi-classing and then maybe wizard, so you can get a couple yeah. of different spells. I agree that the artificer doesn't get, uh, just so you have a little bit more to do, and you get a couple of more spell slots, which mm-hmm. would be nice. Yeah. All right. So yeah, yeah. I it 
It's this is the part of this is the one piece of this class that it would excite yes. me as a player. I don't give a shit about being an alchemist. Like you know, screw that guy. No one <laughs> likes him anyways. But the arcane turret artificer, like that. For a couple of sessions, it seems like a lot of fun. I don't know damage output. I haven't done the math on that. But it, I mean, you're not going to do as well as someone that's focused on damage. No. But because you have all of like your battlefield control type spells, then you're you're, you're going to do a decent amount. You're going to feel like you're contributing. You're, you're, you're going to be able to affect the battlefield how you want, especially because you get like wall of stone, wall of force, yep. wall of fire. Like you get a bunch of little things where you can move people around the battlefield how you want if you use your spells correctly. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. You're, you're, you're going to have the spotlight in that moment. You're never going to get the spotlight and how much damage you're going to deal them. No. So if that's what you're looking for, you're going to have to find someone else. But for battlefield control and you like buffs and things like that and you don't mind being a main cantrip dealing deal, damage dealer, mm-hmm. this is going to be a fantastic yeah. uh, thing for you. Yeah, I mean, if you're... Especially if you're someone that has to do something on your bonus actions, yeah, yeah, or else no. you feel like you're wasting your turn. No, there, and to, to your point, with the abilities you're given, you, and depending on the party makeup and so on and so forth, you can be a battlefield general with this. Oh, yeah. You can be moving people around and... Talking to the other party members and being like, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I think you should do. Get in position because this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, just hang back on your – get a horse. Mm-hmm. Hang back. Put on a silly hat like you were uh, part of the, the, the British Army. Put your uh, <laughs> and, hand in your coat. Yeah, and just, you know, reach out your stick instead of a sword and just command or your, your troops. Or your peace tools. <laughs> no. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So – we get into the infusions. Yep. Well, we talked about those. Nothing too crazy. Nope. You get some buffs to your weapons. You can make a. You can replicate a magic item. Yeah. Really, the only ones that interest me are the boots of the winding path, which we said you can teleport up to fifteen feet as a bonus action back to a space. It kind of though encroaches on your abilities during combat for like your turrets and your uh, uh, your homunculus. So that's and so you know. Something I didn't think about. Um, looking at the very end, optional rule on multiclassing. Yeah, this would be a fun one to multiclass into. Yeah, well, you'd have to get to at least level. Th- Otherwise, it'd just be like, eh. no, hell no. Based on what we were talking about before, you know, you just go and make sure that. Uh, oh yeah, no level three, you get your turret. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's, hell yeah, that's a little hefty for uh, for like jumping into something uh, without oh, no. getting too much stuff. I mean, you do uh, get the infusions. I'm warning you right now. <laughs> I know we have an artificer right now uh, in our party, but you're going to learn from him. I'm going to be like, I'm playing one too. I'm just not going to tell him yeah, <laughs> until will... my turret comes out. <laughs> <laughs> and the artificer we have, he isn't using this unearthed arcana. I'll go ahead and uh, throw a link to that one because it's also a really good one and they have a lot more. Oh, it is abilities but, for you to use. Like they have potion smith, uh, gunsmith, gadget smith. Yeah, and it's and it's yeah. working out well. You can and, be Iron Man. Yeah, in conjunction with uh, in conjunction with my character at the moment. But I would just quietly get to level three in Artificer and just be like, "Fuck you, bitch! Here's my turret." <laughs> Uh, hopefully he doesn't listen to the podcast or else your plans are ruined. Again, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, um, apologize. Saying, well, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and apologize. Uh, you know, we uh, Unfortunately, my mic was turned off. We got to rehash some of our old jokes and laugh at them again. Uh, and, ho- and hopefully it wasn't too crazy for you guys. And now we are going to jump back to our first recording where we start talking about overpowered items. And I realized that I forgot to turn on my mic. <laughs> Bye. Well, not really bye. Partial bye. <laughs> We've been talking about a couple things 
And the more we do deep dives and our new feature on the rewind, taking a look at some of the older things, like, you know, we just did one on cursed items, which I got to tell you was a blast. <laughs> I love cursed items. It, the more I read on classes, and we touched on some of this now with some, especially the homebrew stuff, there are just so many ways for players to manipulate the system to become just so incredibly open. Some of the items that are out there, magic items, I, I think in general, the stuff in the hardcover, the official product, is pretty well balanced. I, I do. Once you move past that, I'm not saying everyone should play AL either. We had this argument before we started taping. No. I mean, I think that's why I said, oh, we should only, there shouldn't be any homebrew. And you're like, fine, we'll play AL. And I'm like, I'll play AL. AL's boring. <laughs> so you were right. Well, and, and I think part of it is you're looking, you're not looking in like the Unarcana subreddit. You're looking at D&D Wiki, which has no creator. So it's just these guys making their own class and like, oh, I'm going to be such a badass. And, you know, let me give myself like, improve sneak attack, all, all this bullshit, and it's like, you have no idea what the fuck you're doing, dude, yeah. and you're not accepting feedback on what you're... It's going to be overpowered, because you have this vision of what it should do, not what it can. Correct. Um, and I've spent a lot more time on uh, the Unarmed Arcana subreddit. And like anything else, there's some great stuff, and there is some stuff that's god-awful. And you love Reddit for the fact that people will just come right up and be like, yeah, dude, that's god-awful. What the hell are you thinking? Yeah, so many times where like, I open up something, I'm just like, oh, Jesus, that's not going to work. Yeah, no. It's, you know, I, I, it's good when you're reading something and you're like, looking at it. Like, uh, There's one that I re- uh, if I was ever a, a player, then I, I would have to do that. Uh, where you can have, it's, it's basically a prestige class, but you have a dragon, like a pet. It's like, you know, this dragon seems a little weak. It's like, Oh, well, now I know it's balanced. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out the best way to explain it. I feel like people have this need to overcompensate in classes and abilities and spells and everything because 5e is not supposed to be magic heavy magic item right so they have you have to figure out another way to make your character powerful instead of attuning to six magic items and and i think part of that is they want people to see how powerful they think their class is amazing and they want to get other people to uh see like how cool this class see all this stuff you do that's where the people that make these classes just like roll back. Yeah. Um, and part of that comes from a lack of a lack of creativity on their part to not come up with non overpowered type things and uh, not being able to see force because of all the tricks. Oh. They, they agreed. They are like, you know what? Hey, this guy gets to do all this stuff. Why can't this guy also have this and this other thing? And they're not stepping back for a moment and seeing well. There's a reason why this class has that much damage, like the, the rogues, because they don't have another way of dealing up. Or mm-hmm. there's a reason why the barbarian gets to right and take half. And it's not because he gets sneak attack. He doesn't get sneak attack because he gets... Right. But to that point, bear totem, barbarian... Yeah, resistance to all damage types. Is, is, is ridiculous. Yeah, I get that. But he can't... But he doesn't get spells. He basically is just a big meat. Yeah, with a god-awful amount of hit points. If, if it's truly a problem, have ranged attacks just like showering him, peppering him with arrows, or have mind flares. Mind flares. You're going to say mind flares? The, I get it. I mean, so I understand to your point that my microphone has been off this entire time, so I've just been shouting into Chris's. So we'll see how this episode turned out. Great job. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. <laughs>
I even tested the system beforehand. Oops. Well, you probably, would you have gone through the computer mic then? Nope, I went through yours. <laughs> you might want to listen to it real quick. Do you want to just start now talking about OP and make that the episode? <laughs> no, it's, we'll figure out how it goes. Can uh, you jack one of the, uh, just your voice? Can I'll you try. Up, um, I'll try a couple of things. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, yeah, technical. I'm You're so fired. <laughs> I mean, last episode, I had the issue of my voice cutting in and out thanks to my microphone. So now I have the issue of I forgot to turn it on <laughs> or check that it was turned on. Because I did test the voice beforehand, but it didn't quite go through. I, 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 I didn't realize how... Uh, I think you're just doing stuff like this to make me feel better about myself. Oh, I really don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, going back to OP stuff, like, okay. yes, they have a van- uh, uh, resistance to all damage types except psychic. That's pretty cool. Monsters deal a good chunk of damage, especially when you are the barbarian and you're the frontline fighter and you're going to get hit all the time. True. Like, and if and if you become a barbarian and you take three levels just to get bear totem, I think it's three levels. Yep. So you have resistance to everything. That only happens when you're raging. You only have so many rages per day. True. And if you go into, like, wizard or something with a little bit of magic, you can't cast spells while you're raging. So you're literally just hitting things. Yeah. And you only get benefits from your rage if you get hit or you make attacks. Correct. And a melee attack, I should specify. Okay. Right. And, and you, I get it. There, it yeah. It's as balanced as it's going to be. Yeah. I, well, well it, you're only getting these resistances if you rage... And you're mm-hmm. getting hit or you're making attacks. So you literally have to be in the front lines. Right. Getting hit. Well, isn't why would you play a barbarian if you're not going to be doing that? Yeah. And, and exactly. you know, I get it. You don't get spells. I mean, for what the character is, it's kind of perfect. I'll yeah, give you yeah, that. Yeah. He, they have a lot of health because they basically, for basically they have double health when they're raging. Yep. And, and that's good to have at level levels. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But when I, you're fighting that swarm of kobolds. And part of it is that GMs don't adjust their combats based off of their characters' abilities at the table. Agreed. If you think that a barbarian is overpowered because it takes half damage on everything, then you're not attacking them correctly. You aren't giving them the proper challenges. You should have ranged combat. You should have uh, spellcasters. Like, they're intelligent creatures. They know, don't stand next to the barbarian. Plus, if they don't hurt the <laughs> barbarian this round... The barbarian's going to lose, and they are far enough away, the barbarian's mm-hmm. going to lose their rage. Yeah. And so, you know, the spellcaster can just focus on the other people staying way the fuck out of the way of the barbarian, and that barbarian's going to drop his rage. And then the barbarian's going to get angry, he's probably going to rage again, and if you keep, like, dancing away from the barbarian, he's going to lose his other rage. Mm-hmm. And at lower levels, all you get is two or three rages per day. And so, you know, it's... Or else you get, you know, you get angry and have a headache or something. <laughs> So, gotcha there. It's all about appropriately attacking the situation. Right. You are the GM. You are the arbiter. You should know your character's abilities and how best to give them challenges. Now, not every fight should just be archers or a wizard dancing away from the barrier. No. It, you should it, give him things where he can just, like, hit the fuck out of them and right. feel strong and badass for taking all that damage. Right. Because he ain't got nothing else going for him. So, okay. So, you shot that one down. Perfect. Yeah. Now... Where it gets, where a player can manipulate things to their advantage, and I guess manipulate's a strong word. They're not manipulating. They are maximizing their character's potential. Let's put it that way. Staying with the Barbarian, then I want to move on to something else, and I can't wait to see you defend this. Okay. I can't wait. A smart player will look at a Barbarian, maybe multi-class a little bit, and take the right feats 
and can continue to make himself more and more powerful. Does that does he have the potential to be OP? Yeah, he does have the potential to be totally overpowered for for his class. Is it? Uh, uh, and, but don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. He's being smart. He's looking through and saying, "All right, I'm a giant meat shield. Mm-hmm. What beats can I take? What can what things can I do to maximize my potential as a meat shield?" And that's smart. Yeah. And if you do, if you go through and you look at different feats and different skills that you can get and all this, and you figure out a great build, more power to you. I have mm-hmm. no issue with that. Don't get me wrong, Lauren. Stupid saying, power gamers. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, though. I'm just saying that it is OP. It's overpowered. And it's and then the responsibility, to your point, is on the GM to balance it out. Yeah. Well, and, and I hate to give him credit for anything, but Matt Mercer, uh, in uh, one of his episodes, I think it was like the search for Grog or whatnot, uh, he has a, a brilliant moment where he's like, every class is OP, and that's what we call game balance, or yep. something like to like that effect. That's perfect. Yeah, I, all the classes have abilities that are just going to be like, oh my god, like fighters, they get so many ASI or feats that they can take. Like, they get one like every other uh, every other level or every other level, so I'm like, you know, like, that's crazy. They can basically get rid of any stat dumps that they have. They can take on feats to really make themselves uh, right. a very uh, unique type thing. And then champions, they get to crit on a 19 or 20 or an 18, 19 or... Like, that's... That's fucking great. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. That basically brings up your chances to crit from 5% to 15%. Yeah. No, and I, I guess in for this example... And for all these examples, especially with, backtrack a second, especially with the core classes in 5e, mm-hmm. they're pretty well balanced. You have the, the player has the potential and the ability to make him OP. And that just puts more of an onus on the, the GM to create better challenges for the players. Well, I'm, and that's fine. I have no issue with that. If, if you are against multiclassing as a GM, then yeah. you can always put in something like, no multi-classing unless it makes sense for the story. Right. No multi-classing unless it makes sense for your character. You can't just be like, oh, I'm just going to take a dip into Warlock so I get Eldritch Blast. And then <laughs> I'm just going to, you know, take a dip into this other thing. And then, you know, then I'll focus on my main class. Like, no. Like, what's the reason? Yeah. Why are you becoming a, like, what deity did you meet to uh, to make a bargain with? Yeah. I've decided we'll that, that we're, I've decided that we're going to go back to the 2E Barbarian and you hate magic. So you can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, there's a variety of things that you can do like rules and stuff that you can put in place mm-hmm. i i am less concerned about that uh for my own group like i i, I will talk to them and be like does it make sense for you to multi-class i'm not saying you can't do it i'm just right. asking why mm-hmm. no and i agree uh, like is it just so you can do deal more damage like do you just like rolling more dice and you know some of my players they like rolling more dice they get excited we had a warlock that was excited when they did Eldric smite because they got to roll all these dice and eventually <laughs> at the end of the campaign he just kind of gave up and was using a dice there are different strokes for different folks and you know that's fine figuring out how you can adjust your table whether it be through encounters or through combat or making it more social or something like that uh, can really help make uh, the classes shine less if that's what needs to happen okay a barbarian is going to shine in combat a lot of the time and then there are moments where everyone else is going to be like "Ah, but he's so good at this why are we even here yeah and so that's when you create encounters where they get to shine where they feel special using whatever special abilities they have like a ranger uh and his beast companion like you could have something where um because that's cr one quarter quarter yeah yes they're cr quarter mastiff like, <laughs> standing next to the artificer with his fucking dinosaur yeah. cr2 dinosaur 
But you could have it so, like, one combat uh, kind of focuses on the river and his beast. Like, you know, it's something that they can avoid because he has, like, in touch with nature. Because he has a beast that communicates with these other beasts. Okay. It's, it's, it takes a little bit more creativity than just, like, oh, you guys get attacked by five bandits. Roll for an Or, you know, you guys get attacked by thugs. Roll for an Like, yes, you need to think about your combats a little bit more, but... So, I'm fine with it. Now, defend the fucking Warforged for me, will you? Warforged! All right, oh. I'm gonna, our buddy Alex in our campaign is playing an Envoy Warforged Cleric. We're level four, and he has a 21 AC? He has spells. He... Cleric uh, yeah. from Ravnica. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what? Okay, so... We start out, your constitution you, increases by one. They show no signs of deterioration due to age. Who cares? Uh, law neutral, whatever. Medium size, that's fine. 30 feet walking speed, nothing crazy. Warforged resilience. Now we'll get something weird. Advantage on saving throws against being poisoned and resistance to poison damage. Hey, dwarf. Yeah. Uh, immune to disease. That that makes sense. You're yeah. a big machine. Yeah. You're, you're not going to, you know, get the influenza or the flu or the cancer or whatever. Uh, you don't need to eat, drink, or breathe. Okay. <laughs> In real life, that's no awesome. No one pays attention to eating or drinking in D&D. It's fine. Breathing, on the other hand. All right, so we'll just tie him up with a bunch of chain, drop him in the ocean, and kill him. Nope. <laughs> He's just walking along the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> you know, that's fair. He's a machine. I, I, I understand why they put that in there. It's right. Whatever. You don't need to sleep and don't suffer the effects of exhaustion due to l- lack of rest. And magic can't put you to sleep. Okay, so you're uh, an elf, except you don't suffer exhaustion due to lack of rest. Cool. It means you don't have to take a long rest if you don't need to. Right? Okay, I'm fine with it. That That's fine. Nothing so the far. The rest of crazy. your companions typically aren't going to be Warforged, so it's whatever. But if you had an entire party of Warforged, I could see where, as a DM, you're just like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Because they can just go all night, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that would make a very cool kind of uh, campaign where everyone is a war. For, and the campaign is you are in a war on Eberron as a uh, like a special unit of Warforged. And so you are like infiltrating and murdering. That's actually a really good idea. <laughs> Murder hobo Warforged. Yeah, special assassin group of Warforged in an Eberron war. I feel a one shot coming up. I mean, it doesn't have to be a one shot. But like because you don't need rest. You're going to be moving a lot more. You can, uh, like, all you're getting back on a rest, if you do take a long rest, is your spells and your health. You don't have to worry about exhaustion. So they can kind of work through the night, through things. And, you know, if you only have one encounter a day, you don't need to take that long rest if no one's, like, hurting that bad. Or you're not too worried about getting your back your spells. That's pretty cool. So, yes, when he is with a group, Mm -hmm. uh, the Warforged just kind of outshine. But he is held back because the rest of the group needs a rest. So it that kind of turns more into role playing type things or things Correct. like that. And you don't ever want to split the party in D and D. So if like the Warforge is like, you know, I'll just go on without you guys during this long rest. Well, the Warforge is dead. Roll a new character. <laughs> uh, centuries rest when you take a long rest. Spend six hours in inactive. Blah blah blah. It doesn't render you unconscious. You can see it in here. Cool. It's it's similar to the elf ability where all you are is in a trance for four hours during a long rest. Great. It's fine. Meh. 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 Well, I've seen it before. Uh, integrated protection. So you have natural AC, depending on if you have proficiency in medium or heavy armor. Uh, going law clerk, you have proficiency in heavy armor, which means uh, you can have 16 plus your proficiency bonus. Disadvantage on stealth checks. And you can change out your mode uh, after a rest. So that's kind of cool. You know, you can change out your armor. You get free heavy armor 
Or actually, you get free plate at first level if you have armor, heavy armor proficiency. Okay, so you have you have a natural AC of 16? 16 plus your proficiency, and everyone starts out with 2. So now your AC is 18. Which is plate. But then you buy plate. Well, no, you can't wear armor. But you're still at 18. And then you throw a shield on there and you're at 20. Yeah. And then you get to uh, 20th uh, level and you have a plus six proficiency. That, so that brings you up to 24. I'm not the biggest fan. Right. So let's... Watsy didn't ask me. Yeah. What? So, all right. So you're, let's say you're at 18 with a shield, right? Uh, No, 20 with a shield. At first level. At first level, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. You get the third level. You're still at 20. You're still at 20. Fifth level, you get a uh, you get to plus three proficiency. So at fifth level, you have 21 A's. Yes. I will, I will accept. That's a really high AC for low-level characters. Mm-hmm. You feel pretty fucking special when everything has like a plus four or plus five to hit you. Right. Until you get to Orcus at 20th level, and he has a plus 19 to hit, so you're always getting the fuck hit out of you <laughs> on but, a five or higher. Yeah, so now you have you have a 20 AC. Correct. You're playing a cleric. Correct. So now you can just... You don't even, you, you don't even have to yeah, go into battle. Yeah, but you're a cleric. Yeah. But... You're going in and hitting stuff, and you're like, I don't feel like being hit. Even with my 20 AC, I'll just step back and drop my cantrips on. Yeah. And I will specify, heavy plating is considered armor. So if you are, let's say, a barbarian and you want unarmored defense, you can't be wearing heavy plating. You have to go with the Darkwood Core, which is unarmored, which is 11 plus your dexterity modifier, uh, which isn't considered armor. Right. Uh, You can add your proficiency bonus if proficient with light armor. I don't know about barbarians, but a barbarian um, gets their their defense is like 12 plus dex plus combat. And so, you know, that... If you want the barbarian thing, that's cool. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have heavy plate because you don't have heavy armor proficiency. You're not going to medium armor, or you're not going to have the composite plating, which is their medium armor proficiency, which is still considered armor. Now, if you're a fighter, that's really good because you start out having proficiency with all armor and weapons, so you can have that heavy plating and still be good. Right. You do have disadvantage on stealth. Really? Warforge is not going to stealth. Well, I mean, if you're dark wood unarmored core, yeah, they're pretty much just wood at that point. You don't have to worry about it. Or composite plating is just medium armor. You're fine. You can go ahead and just sneak. They don't gain bonuses, though, from other armor. So enchanted armor, they don't get bonuses from. You can't just put medium armor on yourself and then put heavy plating on you. You can't gain benefits of heavy armor. Okay. It's, yeah, it's it's one less thing for them to spend their gold. Correct. Everyone else has to wait until they get a certain amount of gold, and then get, then they can buy whatever armor. And now that the fact that they can add their proficiency to it does make it even better. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have a shield, then uh, you go heavy plating. Then the maximum armor you're going to have is 20. Still good, but... Yeah. Yeah. I mean... We can argue. I'm not defending it. No. I'm just saying, like... I mean, it, it it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's... Yeah. No, I, I mean... It, it does make them very good at defense. <laughs> yeah. For the, free. I guess the long and the short of it is... And you hit upon it, and it, it's a really good point. There, there is a lot of potential for abuse for lack of a better word for players to manipulate the system to become ridiculously powerful especially at higher levels i guess a aren't you supposed to be ridiculously powerful at higher levels isn't that the point sometimes and two if you have a dm worth his salt he's gonna bounce it out irregardless of how crazy good the the players may think they're characters are and yeah. they've maxed it out they're like nothing can kill me well the answer to a high ac is just area of effect spells yeah no shit right <laughs> i don't have to hit you if you have to dodge <laughs> i was just i was looking back i was listening to and i don't like them but i'm listening i was listening to a couple uh you know actual plays and i won't be doing that much often anymore just thinking about our old campaign and 
you know, was looking at some random stuff on the internet, and it's just like, God damn, people just want to be Iron Man, Thor, and, you know, Batman all rolled into one at level three. I've never been a fan of superheroes. It doesn't but work that people way. People like superheroes. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. People have been like that the entire time, Chris. Yeah, but I don't... The players have to hold some responsibility for not being out of control. It shouldn't all be on the DM sometimes. I, I think they wouldn't need, be players. They would be yeah, the DM. <laughs> but I think there should be some built-in safety so that... Players are great at ruining their own fun. And they're going to find ways to ruin their own fun by building these like insane characters. And ruining, maybe ruining other people's fun. Any player can have any aneurysm. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry, any character. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> their armor, their AC, that's pretty big. Mm-hmm. That is a great bonus that they have. And no one else really has anything that kind of matches that. Right. Except maybe the Aarakocra, because they can fly at, you know, level one. And they don't have to worry about, like, falling or things like that. Like, if you're so worried about the AC... Of your uh, of your war people that want to play Warforge, get rid of the proficiency bonus on it. Then it's a flat sixteen. Or if you're going medium armor, then it's just thirteen plus your dex. Or if you're going unarmored, it's just eleven plus your dex. No proficiency. Like no, I get it. Get yeah. rid of the proficiency bonus, and now it's less of this major thing. Now they just have decent free armor. It's not crazy. It's yeah. not amazing. Like eleven plus your dexterity modifier. That's just leather armor. Thirteen plus your dexterity modifier. That's just a uh uh but. B- some sort of splint or something like that with a maximum of two. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. like splint or something like that. And then 16 is just, it's like breastplate or something like that. I'm too lazy to look it all up. Leather is 15. 11, plus your, no, leather or, is 11 plus your dexterity sorry, modifier. Yeah. No, uh, I don't think it's next. No, and you know, so, honestly, that's the, a quick fix to no. just even it out. If, if, if you're really concerned about adding their proficiency bonus to their armor. It, I think you just summed up the entire conversation in one statement. Players can ruin their own fun. Yeah. And that's true. And I mean, that's the thing. I mean, some people, that's how they like to play. They want to maximize as much as they possibly can. Nothing wrong with that. Not my style. And I think that's probably why I got on this subject. I know people that play, and while their character themselves may be like the the class and the, the race and everything may be just crazy powerful some people are actually smart enough to build in deficiencies in their backstory let's say yeah. to a limit to limit yeah. their abilities smart players do that some players don't see the benefit in having neg- negatives are great to role play they're great at the yeah. table because it's it gives fun. you something to work off it it gives you a foil to work your character off of. if your character is always awesome then you know that's fucking boring no one gives a shit <laughs> Superman's born because he is awesome. Yeah. And he can do everything. You know, he can get shot in the eye and the bullet disintegrate. Like, I've always had a problem with Superman. Mm-hmm. Sure, he has kryptonite, whatever. <laughs> He's not that much kryptonite in the entire universe. So. Yeah. Whatever. You know, Aquaman's interesting besides the fact that he was uh, acted by uh, crap, I can't think Momoa. Yes, Jason Momoa. Momoa. Besides the fact that he was acted by Jason Momoa makes him interesting. It, you know, think of the whales. <laughs> oh, God. Like, he has, you know, sure, he's stronger and faster than other humans, but he's still a commander of fish. That's, <laughs> isn't that a negative? He always smells like, oh, boy. I, I really, I have no place to talk here because I don't know anything about uh, superheroes. But I've always found most superheroes to be boring because they're this well, that's, well so that's see that's the thing that you're thinking the older generation of superheroes the new generation of superheroes they're all tragic flawed heroes they all have some yeah well they have to be because their superpowers make them so stupid that it's almost boring watching them like attack things yeah but going back take away the proficiency bonus and this armor that the warforged have 
is a lot easier to manage for a GM. And there is no rule in D&D that says you have to allow any race into your world. If something doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. Don't allow it. Just tell your players, like, look, I, I know you have your heart set on Warforged, but they have no place in this world where we are created. They have no place at this table. Like, don't be afraid to tell them that. I know people that have banded the gnome because they think they're stupid and have no place in the world. That's fine. That's a PHB race. You can just get... You don't have to go into D&D thinking you have to accept everything that are in the book. You can tell them, hey, we're only dealing with these type of races in this area. We're only dealing with these classes in this area. Like, there are no monks in in medieval Europe. Stop that. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's fucking hysterical. And I'm going to have the rest of the my party yell at me. Well, as I'm reading through our thread on Slack for the players, talking about trying to power game the shit out of your characters going on with the uh, warforged ability score increases for the envoy you can pick two different ability scores which is fine everything else gives you a, a plus one and a plus two dual ability score so that's fine you gain skill proficiency of your choice school tool proficiency of your choice and fluency in one language of your choice does that mean they don't no you get common plus one all right you you're getting a lot more things Mm-hmm. not many other classes or not many other races get that much stuff so I, they're kind of just adding more and more onto it which eh, i'm not a huge fan of it but we'll keep going and i mean we could sit here all day and pick apart every 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 class yeah. every race and i don't think that they should have made going down to the juggernaut or the skirmisher like with juggernaut you can uh your unarmed strikes deal 1d4 plus your strength modifier you're not really going to have a chance to use that too often right Though that does kind of step on the toes of the monk, but meh. And then uh, you have a powerful build, so you count as one size larger when determining your carrying capacity. So that's that's neat for the juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Uh, skirmisher, your walking speed is increased by five feet. Your dex is increases by two. Light step, uh, you can move stealthily at a normal pace. Like uh, that that doesn't always come up in all games. Like some of the warforged sub races, they have things that are cool. But you don't really come across them. Envoy is definitely one that probably most people are going to pick. Right. Because you get an extra proficiency in a skill and a tool. And also you get to learn another language. Like those three things are, while they don't seem like much, having, you know, another skill that you're proficient in is... It's pretty good. Yeah, it's really good. A tool. Now, Watsy kind of does the tools wrong where they like, ah, oh, you can do some fluff stuff with them. Like you'll fix that. Yeah for them or fluency in one language of choice that doesn't really come up very often the main thing is you get a skill proficiency which i think is awesome and then they throw in a tool in the language and now you're just making it too much onto the onto the envoy and i think kind of the problem with this is you have the idea of what a warforged is mm-hmm. and they were creating it for that but they weren't looking at what do other races have what right. are the abilities of other races in in uh tailor uh, drawing it back just a little bit mm-hmm. these are all level one these are all, all races of Warforged have all this. Yep. It's not, you know, you're working hard and you finally get this. It's, you're created and this is what you have. Yeah. I think if there was something that was more like level restricted, like heavy armor, you don't get into like third or fourth level. I think people would be a lot less critical of this race. Mm-hmm. I think if you had to work a little bit harder to get to certain things, then people would be less critical. Because like the tiefling, at certain levels, they get another spell they cast. Right innately or the Dwyergar, they they get enlarge and invisibility at later levels you know it's right it, no and I, and I agree with that they should um, lock it behind levels so that the yes. warforged as a race don't seem like these all-powerful beings like who who are the fleshy humans to stop them 
Because he's like a regular Warforged is pretty good. Yep. So. I think we can sum it up by just basically saying, hey, you know what? Everything, Don't ruin your own fun. <laughs> everything is overpowered when you compare it. When you get right down into it, everything is overpowered. Everything. You can find a, anything as a, a case for anything to be overpowered. Correct. And um, the fact that some things seem way more overpowered than other things. My big hang up is really the Warforged with their armor. Mm-hmm. Like, drop out the proficiency bonus, and I think it is a a better ability for the class. But if you're having a real issue because you have a Warforged in your group and you don't want to tell them you can't add your proficiency bonus anymore to your armor class, area of effect, traps, things that don't rely on hitting their AC, or looking at your monsters, increase their proficiency bonus so that their to hits are higher. Fireballs are a wonderful spell. <laughs> have you heard the good news? Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. And I and I agree with everything you said. So yeah. I'm looking forward to having to re-record this because you don't have your mic on. Shut up. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, sorry for the technical issues. Um, yeah. One day we won't have a technical issue. And on that day, I will have a heart attack and surprise. <laughs> the, uh, the other thing was we have been putting out on Twitter trying to get a bunch of a smaller podcasts and blogs kind of together almost like a little uh you're just trying to get exposure for others yeah i mean kind of band together as a bunch of uh smaller other people so i've I've been talking to a lot of the other smaller podcasts and everything and there's a million of us out there but there are some really there are some really interesting ones and i've listened to a bunch of them trying to get steven to listen to more but you know he's busy creating our campaign but uh i'm very slow yeah well Listen to the bite of D and I have listened to bite of D and D. What do you think? I thought it was great. I mean, it's twenty minutes, and you can fit it into your day. So yeah, just, they they had some interesting talks about. Yeah. So just you know, look out there for the small guys. No. Oh, okay. But hopefully they'll you know hit us back. Well, since they're not giving me money, I guess I can be nice. Okay. Who's it was uh, today's uh, podcast podcast episode brought to us by? What? No, we, we have advertisers. Today's podcast was brought to us by We're not the Warforged. We're yeah. not Hank and John. <laughs> you wanted to be. No, I didn't. Don't lie. Well, actually, no. No, I'm good. Thank you, though. I have way too much fame. I, if I had that much fame and fortune in my life, my head would be way bigger than it already is. And it's huge. Yeah. Wait, what? Sorry. Also, next time, uh, surprise, surprise, we have homework. Uh, we're going to talk about Willow, the movie. Chris doesn't know about that, but I'm making the executive decision. I'm, dude, I'm so excited. We're going to watch Willow and review oh. it for the next episode. All right. As painful as watching Dungeons and Dragons, the movies was. As amazing as watching it was. I'm looking forward to watching this at least twice. I have never seen it before, so I will watch it once, and then maybe it's okay. Oh, God. I, it, Val Kilmer's got to have a Twitter. He's going to love us for looking back at that. He was thin back then, so he'll appreciate it. It's <laughs> I a, was thin back then, too. Was that six? Yeah, exactly. Wait, when did it come out? Oh, fucking no. If it was in the 80s, I wasn't old. So I was dead. Pre-dead? Uh, not pre-dead. <laughs> Would you be pre-dead? Because I wasn't living. That's pretty. But I was very thin back there. I was less than like a molecule. <laughs> oh, God. You, that. Oh, God. This is so fucking disturbing. Anyways. Yeah. So, no, I'm super excited for that. Okay. I'm, I'm super excited, excited for that. That'll be fucking awesome. That'll be great. All right. I'm scared. All right. Well, I'm Chris. Yep. Bye. <laughs> this is my boomstick. It's a 12 gauge double barreled Remington. S Mart's top of the line. You can find this in the sporting goods department. That's right, this sweet baby was made in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Retails for about $109.95. It's got a walnut stock, cobalt blue steel, and a hair trigger. That's right, shop smart.
Shop S-Mart.